Hello, I'm Jen. And I'm Abel. And welcome to Grounded Sound. Welcome today, mid-January, crisp, cool morning. <laughs> we are. We are uh, doing a nice January episode. Yep. And um, we hope everybody's doing well. In the new year. The new year. It's upon us. Uh, yes, it is. Yes, and we have um, some great guests today. We do. Really looking forward to talking to them. Mm -hmm. um, we'll jump right in with Melissa Ike. We have from the Dragonfly Home. Hello, Melissa. Hello. And we also have Justin Joslin, who's a music artist here in Oklahoma City. Hello. Hello. Justin, so good to meet you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Before we get to asking questions, we need to talk about what we're listening to. Because I've been oh. listening to something extraordinary. Tell me. Well, last year, as it were, <laughs> uh, uh, the great Leonard Cohen passed away. Yes. So I've been listening to his latest release. You want it? You want it darker? Ah. Have you? Has anyone heard? You want it darker? Oh my God! Leonard Cohen was done with life. Oh. Like he was checked out. That's. I mean, that's cool to hear that. That like reflected on. Oh, <sighs> overt. It's like every other song. I'm ready, my lord. <laughs> he does. <laughs> he was done. Like, and, you know, I had heard that he said that, like, in an interview or something, but um, listening to the record, I've been listening to it all week. Every song is like, I'm done. So it's time for me to go. Wow. But it's very dark. Um, sounds very, you know, they're kind of contemporaries, but very Tom Waitsy, mm -hmm. even more Tom Waitsy than usual. Mm -hmm. But um, definitely check out uh, Leonard Cohen's last release. Uh, you want it darker. Nice. Fantastic. You heard anything cool? Lately? I have been, I've been listening to the cactus blossoms that they just, uh, hmm. they came through ACM again last year. Um, cool. the ACM performance lab and their brothers. Um, and they have this really old, awesome sound, like, you mm. know, just kind of the old country sound. Um, but yeah, I, I've really enjoyed their album and JD McPherson produced their album, oh, cool. which again, he's an Oklahoma artist and, yep. I, uh, I was able to see J.D. McPherson again last year at the uh, Songwriters Festival mm -hmm. here in Oklahoma City, and just I just love him, and so I'm a big fan of his. And so it was interesting to see um, and hear that he was, you know, producing. Has these he guys. done much producing before? I don't know. Um, I just uh, I, I'm not sure, but I know I feel like he did a really great job with these guys. Are they a local? No, they are. I'm going to say, I'm going to probably, I, I won't even say where they're from because I'm, I'm going to forget. So I apologize. Okay. Um, if anybody out there is listening who does know where they're from, but uh, yeah, they're, they're not Oklahoma artists, but they, they're sure awesome. And they did cool. come through here. Cactus blossoms. Hopefully they'll come through again. Yeah. Check it out. Absolutely. You've been to any shows? Um, you know, I haven't, I haven't been to any shows recently. I've been really lame. This yeah. baby. <laughs> Taking up all my time. <laughs> I know. Two more to be announced on Baby Alice. Yeah, she's she's here. She's here. Depending on when this comes up. <laughs> she's here. But we are of, recording before Baby as Alice. Of recording comes time. <laughs> yes. Baby Alice's room is not ready, and she's still on her way. <laughs> but thank you for the lovely baby gifts. I appreciate. That. Yeah, absolutely. So to our listeners, um, if anybody has really followed our podcast, which we hope you have, um, you know, we are actually doing some pre-recording so we can have, so Abel and Carrie can mm -hmm. have some time in January and we can have some time off in over the holidays. These so. are our paternity leave episodes. They are. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's nice. So we can't wait to announce more on baby. Oh, Alice. Yeah. 
So stay tuned. Stay She'll tuned. Keep listening. Podcast baby. <laughs> yeah, she will. So um, we'll welcome Melissa from the Dragonfly Home. Thank you. Yes. Tell us. Um, so Melissa, you and I met um, this past year at Walk for Freedom, mm-hmm. which the Dragonfly Home sponsored along with Cellar Door Music Group. Yes. And Walk for Freedom was to help raise awareness um, to fight human trafficking globally and in Oklahoma. And you guys are a, a local um, a local organization here, which is wonderful to connect. And um, so we've had some great conversations. We've yes. had coffee and the best. Um, you know, Cellar Door always wants to stay involved with the Dragonfly Home and what you guys are doing. So tell us a little bit about your role and what, what's going on with the Dragonfly Home and who you guys are and what you <laughs> Just do. Just everything. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, the Dragonfly Home is about to be certified to become the state's first crisis center for victims of human trafficking. Um, Although this is a new project, our team collectively has about 15 years experience um, providing direct care to human trafficking victims, um, doing anti-human trafficking advocacy, that sort of thing. We have a great seasoned team. Um, So this crisis center model, we're going to call it the Human Trafficking Relief and Restoration Center, um, is going to be a place where Uh, People who are referred to us or who find us on their own can come to get connected to services. So we're called Dragonfly Home because we strongly believe in a home-based setting and how healing that is. Um, A lot of people who experience human trafficking very often come from a lifetime of trauma, layers of trauma, um, and may have never really had a safe home environment or it's been a really long time since they've had one. So... um, even though our goal is to open up a shelter in the next year or two, um, we're going to apply that to our uh, crisis center as well. Um, so the kind of things that we're going to be connecting people to are, you know, actual shelters. Um, there are two certified shelters in the Tulsa area, um, as well as, you know, different different shelters here in the community, like Catholic Charities and um, Hope Ministries. Um, so providing people to safe shelter, um, medical care, dental care, mental health support. Really, we have community partners here to provide almost, I mean, pretty much anything that anyone would need. Um, food, clothing, um, connection to education, mentoring, you know, all sorts of things, um, job skills, life skills. We have people who can provide life skills classes. So um, our team has worked really hard to make sure that, you know, when someone comes in, we can ask them what they need, do a needs assessment, and then plug them into absolutely everything they would need to successfully get a new start. And so you guys um, have partners and sponsors that really um, kind of pull together for your victims. And Mm -hmm. so going back to maybe a dentist is somebody that you partner with to refer to dental help or and they'll volunteer their services or doctors or um, counselors. Counselor Nikki. Oh, yeah. Who was here. Yeah. No, no, well, she, yeah, she was, yeah. So Nikki, Nikki Eller. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Who you work with is, and we had legal her counsel. last year. Le- that's right. She's that she kind is of legal counsel. counsel. Yeah. Just like I am actually. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that's, so yeah. So tell us um, how you got started in this um, field. I mean, this is a really, I mean, important, I know Cellar Door wants to raise more awareness about human trafficking. Cause I, I don't think a lot of 
um, and myself included, you know, you're, we're, I started to learn more about it over the last several years, but right. it, it's just, it's not a topic that is uh, spoken about a lot um, or that there's a lot of awareness about. So mm-hmm. tell us how you got started in this and why you have this heart for it and all all your story. Okay. Well, I would say most of us really in the past few years have just started learning about it as well. Um, I mean, the, the movement hasn't been around for a very long time yet. You know, you have a few um, early advocates uh, agencies like International Justice Mission started in, I think, like 1997. That's very early to have started in the field of fighting human trafficking when um it didn't become a federal crime until the year 2000 in the United States, you know, with that label of human trafficking, although obviously that had been happening for, you know, yeah. centuries, really. Right. Um, Essentially the world's oldest profession. Right. Mm-hmm. The world's oldest crime and exploitation. Yes. Yep, mm-hmm. for sure. But gets labeled something different. That's a whole other mm. thing we could go into. And I could talk about that for a long time. <laughs> um, my personal story is, so I'm from Des Moines, Iowa, and I moved to Tulsa in 2008 to go to TU Law School. And it was during law school that I first learned about human trafficking at a women's conference where, um, from the founder of the A21 campaign, um, who benefited fitted from, you know, walk for freedom. And I just couldn't shake it. I knew I had gone to law school for a reason, but I really wasn't sure what it was. And after I graduated, got licensed and all that, started practicing law, but uh, the cause of human trafficking just loomed so large in my heart that eventually I knew I couldn't really in good faith, do anything else. So I just started looking around for organizations and found one um, here in Oklahoma City. And that organization, and actually the Dragonfly team was a part of that organization and opened Oklahoma City's first um, shelter program for human trafficking victims. And that is no longer in operation. Um, But I found that and started volunteering. And you know, I just started doing what I knew how to do. I didn't know how to provide direct care. Um, in fact, the AG, the Attorney General Office, requires 40 hours of training. So that's, you know, you you really need to get that training so you're not re-traumatizing people, so that you're just doing things, you know, according to best practice. But I knew how to... That was the that? training just to work uh-huh. at the center? I mean, yeah. That so, didn't have anything to do with, like, legal, like, litigation type No, training. that's just for... Oh. Uh-huh. So, side note, the Attorney General is the certifying agency for domestic violence shelters, and they cover human trafficking shelters mm-hmm. as well. Um, when I first started, it was 24 hours of training um, and all sorts of topics relating to human trafficking, but also, oh, mental health and self-care and safety and security. Now, they just recently upped it to 40 hours, and our organization provides that for anybody who wants to volunteer. Um And I did do the original 24-hour training. Um, But I lived in Tulsa, and that was in Oklahoma City. And so Mm -hmm. it was hard to come here and volunteer in the shelter. But I did know how to do legal research, obviously. I also knew how to do social media. Um, I... I think they had seen me posting on Instagram and Facebook and said, you know how to do that. Want to do it for us now? And I said, sure. Um, And it seemed like such a small thing. But now here it is um, three and a half years later. And, you know, my role, I've just kind of built this role. And social media is crucial. Mm -hmm. That's how so many people are hearing about human trafficking for the first Mm -hmm. time. Um, And so... 
so that's, you know, kind of doing the awareness and education, uh, and I can go into a little bit more of that later. Um, and so now in this position with the Dragonfly Home, I'm doing that and then also taking on development, which is, you know, funding these programs, which is no small feat. And if we're going to be able to help anybody, we have to be funded. Right. So that's yeah. kind of a nutshell of what I do. Absolutely. And you and I talked about this over coffee, but I have such a heart for you guys and what your work that you do, because ultimately, I mean, it's just about human Mm -hmm. beings, you know, we're, I mean, right now we're obviously in a time of such division in our country. And Mm -hmm. I don't think January will probably be much different by the time we air, but um, this, this cause is, is just about giving everybody just human rights and, you know, not to be enslaved and, you know, and it's, so it's, it's a cause that I think everybody can come together on and no matter what your politics are, your religion or your race or your creed, um, it's something that we can all fight just to, to protect each other. Um, um, and protect our, our kids and yeah, our women and our boys and, yeah. and men. I know, again, it's, it doesn't really discriminate against anybody. Mm-hmm. Like, and so it's just, uh, yeah. So Cellar Door, again, is really passionate about your work and um, what you guys are doing for the community and, and in Oklahoma. Right. And yeah. Well, we love um, artists of all kinds. You know, artists often have such a heart for justice mm-hmm. and uh, a purpose behind their art, whether it's musicians, visual artists. Um, I've worked with several artists who, in ways that I cannot even conceive of, they're able to take their art and and create something that is so moving in relation to human trafficking, often communicating just hope and um, process of transformation. You know, a dragonfly symbolizes transformation. That's why we chose that as our symbol, a deep transformation that comes through self-realization and, and maturing and kind of figuring out what path you want in life. And I have seen artists who are able to communicate that. It's like I said, I, I, I don't know how they do it because I am not one of those people. <laughs> I'm not an artist. Um, but yeah, artists have so much to contribute to the movement um, against human trafficking. Well, and this is a unique interview because, um, you know, part of our format here on Grounded Sounds is we usually have a music-minded entrepreneur or business organization. And you guys are are fairly new one, but you guys, so you have a lot ahead of you on working with artists. And again, that's where Cellar Door is excited to continue to support you guys. But yeah, so you've already had um, some events that you've had music artists play at, and that's Justin's here, and he's played at um, your, was it your, is it a gala? Yes. Yes. Uh Let's see, I can't believe that was over a month ago. It seems both like yesterday and also last year because yeah. um, it was. It ended up being such a big event and we had it at Plenty Mercantile mm-hmm. and Justin played for us. Uh, it was a great night. The plant shop, we had so many great people who um, sponsored it. So the plant shop was there and we actually, so we called it the Crown of Beauty Gala and then people could purchase a ticket where they could uh, build a floral crown, which mm-hmm. we weren't really sure. We knew it was an idea that we liked and we weren't sure what it was going to look like. And it went so well and it was fun and just kind of inherently added beauty to the event. Um, we had a great turnout catering by Picasso Cafe. Um, Anthem was one of our sponsors. They donated beverages as well. Um, I'm sure I'm missing people. Crown Coffee was there. Um, and Plenty Mercantile was just fantastic to work with. I would recommend them for anyone. Yeah, Brittany and Marshall, awesome. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, mm-hmm. they a cool space. It's yeah, a great space. Great and they opened right at the same time we did, so okay. we, our shops have kind of grown together. 
yeah, they, they were so dedicated to making sure everything was perfect <laughs> that night. We're so thankful mm -hmm. for people like that. Yeah. So do you guys do that every year? Well, we're wanting to. This was our first one because we just opened or we just started this year. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, but you're planning on an we're annual calling event. it the annual crown of beauty gala in anticipation of having one every other year or not every other year, but every single year because um, it was just a lot of fun and I think people really enjoyed it. And um, Justin, let me tell you, uh, people have... <laughs> commented to us about how great the music was it just added so much atmosphere um it was a good volume my parents commented that it was a good volume good. um so that it added the energy but <laughs> right but they could still have a conversation that was important to them so yeah, <laughs> yeah we were really grateful well, do you have a date for 2017 yet um, for the next year annual event? We don't. We have started just the very beginning of uh, working on planning that. It was in October this year, which worked out well. I imagine we would continue an October date in the future. Do you? And, and January is Human Trafficking Awareness Awareness Month, yes. correct? Yep. Great. So we are ramping up yeah. a lot for that, um, trying to get things done in advance. Do you have anything like going on event wise or yes. like stuff to do in January mm -hmm. to help you guys out? I have a whole list here, but I think I know them by heart. Um, so uh, the Dragonfly Home, our executive director, Whitney, and I are co-chairs of the training and awareness committee for the Oklahoma Human Trafficking Task Force, um, which is a combination of service providers, law enforcement, um, and different state right. agencies who are coming together and trying to, you know, put together a, a coordinated effort to fight human trafficking in our state. Um, and so we, not only are we planning Dragonfly Home events, but we are, um, we'll have on our website anything that anybody submits from the task force um, for events all over the state. A few that I can tell you about for sure. Um, so January 11th is actual Human Trafficking Awareness Day, and we're still in the planning stages, but we'll be having something here in Oklahoma City that day. Um, not sure exactly what it's going to look like, maybe a rally of sorts, um, but yeah, be on the lookout for that. And then January 13th through the 15th is uh, National Weekend of Prayer Against Slavery and Trafficking. It's a long title, but I think that's it. So we're going to have some events, um, you know, that could be churches or, you know, other faith communities, um, just trying to get people involved, you know, who have a heart for um, giving and um, justice and kind of engaging that community. You should talk to Reverend Bobby about that. Yeah, Bobby Griffith. City Prez. Over at City Prez. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Be a good Give me his name. I will talk to anybody we, about that. Reverend Bobby. <laughs> okay. Reverend, Reverend Bobby, Bobby got it. He's wonderful. We yeah, we had him yeah. air in November. Okay. Yes. Sounds great. great. He's a hoot. We mm -hmm. love him. Okay. We we'll hope reach to have out. him back. Awesome. Mm -hmm. And then um, so the trafficking task force, along with the Tulsa Child Trafficking Task Force, are putting on a conference in Tulsa at the OU Schusterman Center. That's going to be the evening of Monday the 23rd and all day the 24th. So if anybody out there, you know, anybody is welcome to come. It's going to be low cost. I think at least yeah, breakfast and lunch will be provided. Um, but there's going to be uh, continuing education credits for um, a lot of different professions. So law enforcement, attorneys, mental health professionals. I don't know all of the letter combinations, but um, it'd be a great way to learn about human trafficking and get your required credits in. But we'll have... Um, 
for like faith-based or community groups, um, different sessions for those people as well. And then finally, we it'll kind of all culminate with the annual candlelight vigil, which is going to be Friday, January 27th. Justin's playing at that. Um, and that's at the state capitol. So um, I don't know how many years they've been doing it, but this will be the third or fourth year I'm involved with that. And, you know, it's a, it's a nice event. It's, it's kind of somber in a way, but, you know, it's really to honor people who are still in human trafficking. Um, you know, we really emphasize hope and our slogan is a future of freedom because we believe it. We have seen incredible, you know, transformations in people and, and people who really have gotten a fresh start. And so we definitely want to focus on that. But then you have to just remember, you know, how many people are still in a trafficking situation and they don't see any hope. They don't, they don't dream. They don't um, think about what their lives could be because it's just what's right in front of them. And, you know, such a life of being um, manipulated and controlled. And so, um, so, even though you know we're going to focus on hope at the candlelight vigil, it really is a very moving event to remember those who we're still working to to reach. Do we know if this is coming out early January, mid January? When's this coming? Yeah, out? well, um, probably the second week of January. January eleventh, yeah. National Human Trafficking Day. Yeah, I it think... is a Wednesday. Okay, so we could drop this on Human Trafficking Day, and then we can let people know about all the events that are coming out. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah, we in definitely the second, second half of the month. Yeah. Yeah. Good on the Very good idea. Will. Yeah. Just like we'll play on it. We will. We will. Sounds good. We'll bring our baby girls. Yes, that's right. There you go. Yep. <laughs> yes. That sounds we um want to be as involved as we can. Awesome. Absolutely. We love to have you. We'll be as involved yeah. as you can. Yeah. I I've I mean, I know a bunch of people that come to mind uh, right off the top of my head and it's randomly they're all attorneys that um would be really interested in uh, helping you guys out. Um my big sister Abby Richards is a uh, Attorney looking to get more involved in that sort of thing. Um, my friend underscore Nicole on Twitter, she's would be a good one to contact as well. But mm-hmm. there's a, there's a, a several people in the community that I could get a hold of before January that will try to get some more people involved in this stuff. Yeah. yeah, and we can we have our even on our archives if people want to hear more from Nikki Eller with Dragonfly Home yes. and A Twenty One. Make sure to check that episode out because it <coughs> goes even more gives us more information. Um, but where can we find you guys at the Dragonfly Home? Where's your website and your social media? Mm-hmm. So uh, the website is www.thedragonflyhome.org got to have the the in there um and then on we're on facebook the dragonfly home instagram and twitter um because of character limitations for instagram and twitter we are the dragonfly so no a no o (laughs) so the d-r-g-n-f-l-y home great yeah well good so everybody out there can connect and i think we you know i already follow you guys on stuff yes (laughs) i look forward to seeing things from you guys and staying in touch and um thank you for being here with us yeah Yeah, absolutely and we want to hear justin how did you get involved with the dragonfly home how did you connect with them yeah so um i think for as long as i've been an artist there seems to have been um opportunity to be a part of charity events and um that's something that i've always believed in and even to to go back a little bit further um saying yes to to playing at charity events has not only like opened my heart to the um 
the needs of the human race that I don't know about. Um, but it's also brought about relationships in my life that um, have changed me forever. Um, I actually met my wife playing at a cystic fibrosis charity event and um, years ago. And so um, in, in my time as of being an artist saying yes to charity events has rarely left me the same. Mm. Um, and so, uh, I love to get to go be a part of an event and hear about what they're doing, what they're pouring their life into. Um, so I think as an artist, as a songwriter, it's easy to just stay in this continual cycle of (coughs) writing music. That's how I feel or how I see the world. And, there's just so much that changes when you just kind of allow yourself to be exposed to a cause that, um, that you don't know about or that, um, is, is new to you. And, um, so anyways, through, through different times of playing at different events, um, was connected to, um, uh, I believe my friend Jenna, Mm -hmm. who, um, is, is helping out with, uh, the dragonfly home. And so she, I think just recommended me for their event. And so, um, because it, it, because, um, charity events and, um, nonprofit events had been, um, just such a great experience for me in the past. Like, um, I just looked up their website and kind of looked up what all they were doing and what they were about and was instantly like, I want to be a part of this. And so um, it was, uh, I'm definitely in that group of people who's learning about this cause. And um, and it just in the last, um, even just in the last couple months of being uh, affiliated in some way with the Dragonfly Home, uh, learning so much more about what's happening and what the need is. And, um, and so so my my connection was really uh, my main exposure was just showing up to play at the event and getting to hear the presentation and hear the heart of what they were doing and um i mean you can't help but when you when you see the stories and you hear the heart of what's happening you can't your heart can't help but break for the the victims of that and then um you can't help but just want to do anything you can to help the people that are fighting it. Sure. Yeah. Well, and these are some of my favorite interviews with artists because, um, you're a part of the Oklahoma city community. We, we know a lot of different artists. I think all of us do, but, um, I, I love the conversations when artists come into our studio and, um, the music is about more, you know, of just, cause like you said, as songwriters, it gets easy just to kind of write about what, what you're feeling or if you're having a bad day or kind of what's going on in your world. But I, I really always love hearing artists who extend their, themselves outside of, um, into different situations or charities or, you know, it's just because music is therapeutic and it's part of this bigger cloth, you know? Yeah, and absolutely. so I love hearing people's journeys of, of what that means to you and how that resonates with you. Yeah. Um, so has that, a, so playing and being a part of different charities such as Dragonfly Home, has that affected your writing? Yeah. Um, I think it has to because, um, we as artists are allowed space into people's life. Um, people allow us space into their life, um, by listening to our music. And so, um, that's something that, that, that I don't take for granted. Um, I realize that the things that I get to see and the, and the things that I get to 
um, be a part of. Um, when they become part of my journey, um, if I allow them to be a part of my my music and what I'm giving to the world, um, that's what I feel is my small piece of being able to help an organization like the Dragonfly Home um, succeed and have awareness is if I allow even just the heart of that to penetrate into my writing and my um, what, um, you know, songs that I'm writing or shows that I'm playing or conversations that I'm having, um, that's just a small way that as an artist that I can help with what they're doing. And, um, but I, I just think for, for me as a writer, um, to be able to have my heart broken for a cause that, um, that is just, is, well, heartbreaking, um, to be able to have my heart broken for that cause, um, even if, I don't write a song that's um, about human trafficking. Um, I, I think the ability to allow your heart to be broken and to write from that place is is where we find beauty and where we find hope and um, and all of that. So I think that's always my goal is to be an artist that allows myself to be my heart to be broken for the world and my heart to be filled with hope for you know what could what could be. Yeah, that's what that's what makes really good songwriters. Yeah, really. Absolutely. You know, there's a lot of heartbreak and hope, and a lot of I know my favorite songwriters, mm-hmm. and sometimes that comes across across as depressing or sad or whatever. But there's a really great uh, Doctor Who quote: um, "Sadness is happiness for deep people." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Well, and there's a polarity of it. You know, like you said, yeah. when you when you your heart is broken, there is on the other end of that, there's hope and there's you know, yeah, um, there's some light. And I think as artists, that's you know part of our jobs is to you know reveal that and be vulnerable in those places that yeah. it's sometimes hard to go. But um, yeah. Yeah, so, absolutely. Uh, well, tell us your journey as an artist. So you're from Oklahoma City, Bethany, uh-huh. and yeah. so tell us about yeah your 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 walk with music. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, my walk with music started um, with being drug. I would say, um, <laughs> drug or drugged. Right. Oh, oh wow! Yeah, yeah. no um, <laughs> drug. <laughs> Um, Choice of words. Yeah. Lots of people start with drugs as well. <laughs> <laughs> that makes this part actually especially funny because um, my parents were uh, gospel singers. Oh. And so um, they. Like the Nick Nose Yeah. Yeah. So they drug me on stage at a very young age, not drugged me um, on stage. That would. Yeah, that would be very. That'd be a very different story. <laughs> yes. yes would. Um, so, anyways, from when I was a kid. Um, I was always being drugged on stage and, um, honestly, like I hated it. Like I thought it was terrible. (laughs) And, um, somewhere around middle school, um, I found, um, my dad's old, um, silver tone guitar underneath, uh, the bed in our guest room and drug it out. And, um, and I would just, just pound on that thing and it made the most terrible noises, but it was cool to me somehow. And so, um, all of a sudden I was like, maybe music isn't awful and, um, maybe it can be cool. And so, um, 
Yeah, so around then, like, I started learning how to actually play something that sounded like something on the guitar mm-hmm. and, um, and started writing songs which uh, were completely awful, um, just the worst songs you've probably ever heard in your <laughs> life. And, um, and so, um, but all of a sudden, I started realizing, like, oh, this is how I communicate with the world. This is how I speak what's on my mind and what's on my heart and how I, um, how I view things. And, um, and so that journey through middle school and high school was, um, just kind of, um, every year trying to get a little bit better on guitar and a little bit better at writing songs and a little bit better at singing and, um, and a little bit better at writing. And, um, I had some incredible, I had an incredible writing teacher, um, in high school that, that really transformed how I, how I wrote and really pushed me, um, to the limits of, of just saying something versus, um, finding a way to say something that means something. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so that was huge for me, um, having that kind of investment. And then, um, so in high school, uh, well, in middle school, actually, I, I, my best friend, I said, I think you should learn how to play the bass and then we could start a band because it's that easy. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. um, (laughs) And so he was like, well, okay, cool. And uh, so we, um, we had a band that never played or did anything. We just had a band because that was what was cool to say was we had a band. Right. And so um, we had that up until, um, I think it was sometime in high school, um, another one of our friends, we said, we have this idea and you need to learn how to play the drums because our band needs a drummer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, he was always down for adventure, so he signed on. Um, and then just as time progressed, we actually like kind of got serious about it and it wasn't just um, you know, a lie that we told <laughs> about <laughs> um, being a band, we actually did that. And so um, for about... 10 years um, from that point, from high school on out, um, we recorded and toured and um, had just the best of times. And um, so then we all kind of got a little older and we're ready to move on. And so um, I put out my first solo record as just a singer-songwriter in 2011 and um, kind of ventured down a new road um, where I didn't have you know, my pals with me and, um, it was terrifying. Uh, (laughs) um, but it's been so great to, um, to be, um, you know, at this point in my life and in my thirties and still be able to say like music is still how I communicate. And, um, so yeah, it was a little backstory. What, um, so have you learned or, what has your solo career like brought for you versus being in a band? Like what have you learned about yourself or what have you, how has your songwriting and your art, you know, being an artist progressed or not progressed? Yeah. Um, well, I think, um, when I was, when I was playing in a band with my friends, um, that was just what we did. You know, (laughs) that was like on, on Friday nights, we, we hung out and we rehearsed or we, you know, uh, or we were playing gigs or whatever. And so that was just kind of for such a long period of my life, that was like my social life and, um, my kind of 
career and, and my friend group and it was everything all wrapped up into one thing. And so, um, and you also have these other people who are like striving for the same thing that you're striving for. And so you can't really let off the gas because it's like everybody's trying to obtain the same goal. And so, um, you know, to, to let off is, is not only like, um, you know, to let off, it's to let other people down kind of. And so, um, it's been so crazy to break off into a singer songwriter career and, um, to essentially have no one like making me do anything, you know? (laughs) And so there's like a beauty in that and also like a struggle in that where it's like, I can, um, I can go for weeks without like doing anything because no one's making me do it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I think also, um, just, the the life lived I think that's the biggest thing I'm learning is that like um you know in in playing in a band I was young um like very little life experience but a lot of opinions Mm -hmm. and um and so now like to get a little bit older and to have some life and some loss and some um you know just exposure to um to the world and how cruel it can be sometimes and Mm -hmm. um to have, um, you know, a ton of people tell you you're not good enough to do what you want to do and on all of that stuff, you just, um, to be in this spot, you almost become seasoned by being beat up a little bit. And so, um, it's so great now to be able to say, Hey, I can, I can write what I want. I can do what I want. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a freedom there. Um, but there's also like a responsibility there that like, I still feel, and that's kind of what we were talking about earlier. Like I still feel the responsibility to speak for people, um, who might not be able to speak for themselves or, um, to give people words, um, or music or melodies that go along with their life and what they're feeling. And, and so, um, in March, um, I put out a record called the river and a good, part of that was written like while my wife and I were engaged and getting married. And so there's like a lot of songs on there that just are about like that journey of, of love and realizing like you're not the most important person in the world. And, yeah. <laughs> um, and then there's another half of that that was, you know, me experiencing loss in, in my family and um, experiencing sickness and um, within myself that um, was really hard to to push through. And, um, so, um, this, this specific journey in this time for me, um, I feel like is learning to observe life and, and hopefully speak it in a way that other people are like, Oh yeah, I felt like that, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, I think it's always my goal to try to meet people where they are and then maybe, maybe take a step forward in a different direction from that space. And so I think I think that's what I'm always aiming for. I don't know that I'm ever hitting that target, but that's what I'm always aiming for. Absolutely. Well, that yeah, that was kind of my next question that you touched on is what what the album's about and what that encompasses and it sounds like you have some, you know, some great stuff on it and um are you going to play some some material from your album today? Yeah, absolutely. What are you going to play for us? Um, so I'd love to play, um, kind of, uh, the, the single off the album, which is called love you wrong. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's a song, uh, that's 
primarily about like feeling this responsibility of being married and like, oh man, like I can't screw this up and um, feeling like I want to do right by the things that I've been given. And, um, and so, yeah, it's just like kind of, uh, it's a love song written of in from a place of like, man, I got something great and I don't want to, don't want to screw it up. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Well, great. Well, tell us where we can find you. And I mean, I could just visit with you all day. You're such a lovely person. Uh, (laughs) I I could just listen to you and ask you a million questions, Um, but I know we're on a time frame with the podcast, but um, tell us where we can find you and social media and website. Yeah, absolutely. So the website is just my name, justinjocelyn.com. Jocelyn is J-O-S-L-I-N. And, um, and then Twitter and Instagram is, uh, JD Jocelyn Mm -hmm. and then Facebook is just Justin Jocelyn music. So yeah, I'd love to social, social media. Yeah. Connect. (laughs) Well, um, one last question for you before we get to hear your music. Um, do you have any big plans for the new year in 2017? Do you anticipate what that will bring for you or have? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm glad you asked. Um, I, I feel like, with everything that we're talking about, I feel like, um, what feels heavy on my heart right now, um, is this sense of how much we all need each other. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I'm, I'm working, I'm writing a lot right now. Um, and so my hope in, in this year in 2017, it'd be to, um, put out an EP that's, that, that's, um, that the heartbeat of that EP is, um, just our need for each other, our need to, to love each other, our need to, um, to, to stop letting things tear us apart. But, um, and so uh, one, of, one of the songs, uh, if we have time for two songs, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'd love, love it to play, mm-hmm. um, is a song called Each Other's Medicine. And um, it's, it, it was kind of like this weight that I was feeling of everything in our world through whether it was the election or whether it was um, just anything just felt like everything was pulling us apart from each other. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I just felt this burden of like, man, <laughs> man, we need, we need each other. Like um, it, so many things in this world are, are just a sickness in our life. And so like for each other, like we can be love, we can be each other's medicine. And so um, that was the heart of the song. And so I, I hope to uh, put out an EP this year that's um, a few songs in that in that lane um, that hopefully just that people will listen to and be like, man, I gotta I gotta have less of an opinion and more of a heart. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, and I resonate with that a lot. Again, as I get older, it's like, you know, yeah, you have a lot of opinions when you're young, but now I'm learning the value of having empathy and yeah. being a good listener and be, you know, just your opinions doesn't, they don't make me who I am. It's like these other things make me a well-rounded person. And so I've really tried to tap into that. And so I, I that speaks to me what you're, you're, you're talking about is, you know, we're, we're needing a little bit more empathy and we're needing a little bit more openness and a more yeah. open dialogue without approaching it with, this is my opinion or this is my opinion. Right. So let's, yeah. let's create an, an open space there. So, um, Man, Justin, you're awesome. Thank you. We really enjoyed this interview. and um, yeah, Look we forward wait. to the EP. I know. Keep yeah. us posted on that for sure. Yeah, yeah we look forward to connecting more, and we can't wait to hear your songs. Oh, thank you. And you can fa- find us um, at Grounded Sounds on Twitter and Instagram and Grounded Sounds OK on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And um, we have Justin Joslin up next. 
telling me all your secrets Keep telling me all your dreams Baby, I ain't got no money But I'll find a way to get you what you need And I know I married a queen And I know I ain't no king you believe in me yeah you believe in me. and I got a pocket full of trouble yeah. I got a heart made of stone and I'm trying to do right by Jesus and I'm trying not to love you wrong And I've written you a hundred love songs And I'll write you a lifetime more I'm still trying to find the right way to tell you That you're the only one my heart beats for And I know I married a queen And I know I ain't no king but you believe in me Yeah, you believe in me And I got a pocket full of trouble yeah. I got a heart made of stone And I'm trying to do right by Jesus And I'm trying to learn right from wrong I got a pocket full of trouble yeah. I got a heart made of stone And I'm trying to do right by Jesus And I'm trying not to love you wrong It's been a long time, baby, since the first time been a long ride, baby, but we're still alive And I know I got a long way to go, but we'll keep trying Baby, I'm gonna get it right It's been a long time, baby, since the first time It's been a long ride, baby, but we're still alive And I know I got a long way to go, but I'll keep trying Baby, I'm gonna get it right It's been a long time, baby, since the first time It's been a long ride, baby, but we're still alive And I know I got a long way to go But I keep trying Baby, I'm gonna get it right It's been a long time, baby, since the first time It's been a long ride, baby, but we're still alive And I know I got a long way to go But I'll keep trying, baby, I'm gonna get it right. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So uh, this is the new song. Uh, hopefully that'll be on the new EP this coming year. So this is uh, Each Other's Medicine. There's a storm 
rolling in And I'm bound to lose my way again There's a storm my head and I can't make sense of this world I'm living in yeah it's nothing but chaos yeah it's nothing but fear yeah they got us on the run we're kicking up dust till we can't see clear now these fears are killing me And love's the only remedy Life is mean So we gotta be each other's medicine Well I'm trying to be strong I don't want to give in but I'm bound to fall on my face again So I can't stay in this place So I'm lighting a match and I'm throwing it in And I'm walking away Cause it's nothing but chaos yeah, it's nothing but fear Yeah, they got us on the run We're kicking up dust till we can't see clear And all these fears are killing me And love's the only remedy Life is mean, so we gotta be each other's medicine yeah, it's nothing but chaos Yeah, it's nothing but fear Yeah, they got us on the run We're kicking up dust till we can't see clear And all these fears are killing me And love's the only remedy yeah, life is mean, so we gotta be each other's medicine. Yeah, life is mean, so we gotta be each other's medicine. Thank you.